Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We decided to uh, to talk about what it's like to get back into work after a break, like the New Year's break. Um, you know, just the kind of getting your brain back into that space, into like the pace of work. Uh, and then once you finally get there, uh, how do you decide even what to tackle? Because chances are, you know, after a big vacation or after the holiday break, holidays are especially bad at it, uh, but, but after these things, we tend to have a lot of stuff piled up. Uh, a lot of things that we need to address, work that accumulated while we were gone, uh, things that we should probably get, get going on. And so there's a bit of a tricky question about how do you prioritize those things? Um, and then once you get going with working, like how do you like how do you get going? How do you begin work? Um, and then after that, I think we, we want to talk a little bit about how do we plan kind of the first few months of the year uh you know that in in the case of a new year's break like this you know we have there's a lot of things about the corporate world that that go by years things like you know ad budgets pr needs everything else we talked before about seasonality and so the first few months of the year is, is an interesting time to uh to plan for to get things done to consider you know what to work on whether to release things and, and everything else so we're going to get into all of that um dave have, are you back to work yet Yes. Um, only just, I think I've, I've essentially did. I mean, it's kind of a strange end of the year because I was launching a new app, which I usually don't like to do that time of year. Um, uh, but for this particular time, like I'd hoped originally to launch workouts plus plus in probably November or something, but it just didn't work, end up working out. Like it, the project took longer than I'd originally expected. And so it was, you know, launched, I think it was December 21st or something. Um, which is not not advisable, um, it'd be especially because you kind of go through the process of launching something, you get it out, and then all of a sudden you have a lot of you know delightful but um, just sort of distracting family obligations and things such that you know I really sort of put so it's almost like I just took this took this app threw it threw it over a wall into the world and then just like ran away uh, for a couple <laughs> days, which is not exactly what you want, you know, and I did my best. Like I checked into the support thing every now and then. And, you know, I hadn't, there were a few little of sort of you, the few little initial bug fixes that you inevitably have. I was able to get those put together. Um, and they're, you know, they're currently waiting interview. Um, but then you just kind of fall off the map in a, in a good way. And like, I think it's probably also good to, to start out this discussion off by saying that like taking breaks and having periods of time when you're not working is desirable is a good thing is you know like it's a bit of a problem that we're kind of looking at it from the perspective now of how do you deal with that when you come back to work uh but there is certainly an advantage to having that that separation to take some time away both in terms of your just mental health and overall well-being uh, and also probably just to build a little bit of perspective to come back to things and be like what do i actually want to work on what was i doing before that i was just doing out of inertia rather than out of desire uh, but for me, yeah, now I'm back uh, working again and kind of it's especially weird for me right now because I'm coming back to edit after essentially skewing all work on my side project on all my other apps except for Workouts Plus Plus for the last like two or three months. Um, so I gotten all those apps into a pretty good state. Uh, roughly with the launch of iOS 10, like I'd done, you know, nice, like I'd done a big update and then a bug fix update for most of my apps around iOS 10. They were all in a good place. Then I go off and work on Workouts Plus Plus for a couple of months. And now I'm in a place where I have to look, look at all my work and say, 
Like, what do I actually want to work on next? What should I work on next? And I do find it really awkward and like tricky when you end up kind of, it's the paradox of choice, I think it's called, or just being overwhelmed (laughs) more more simply, where you look at all of the universe of things that you could do and have to, having to try and understand what the, the right thing to do. And especially when you have to deal with these weird tensions between like, what do I think is the best thing financially for my business for me to do? What thing would I enjoy most working on? What thing do I think my customers are most expecting? Um, what, you know, where should I go in terms of what, what project do I think I would learn the most from? Like there's lots of different re- reasons. And I like my first day back, uh, which I think was on, uh, I guess the day after new year's day, uh, whatever that is, uh, January 2nd, January 3rd, Looking at, I just sat down and have like opened up OmniFocus for the first time in a long time. Um, because when I'm in a period where I'm working on an app like WordPress Plus, Plus, like pretty pretty focused manner, if I if, any, if I come across any things in my other apps, um, or I get feature requests or things that sound good, I just kind of throw them all into there, which I think is you know a sane system to just kind of rather than thinking about them and trying to manage them as you go, just you know postpone that until until it's time. Um, that meant that, you know, this week I've been having to sit down and be like, f- you know, filter through just page after page of ideas, of thoughts, of things. And in general, I think my approach to this kind of thing is I just tend to latch on to one or two things that I think I can reasonably make progress with. Um, and in some ways, this kind of makes me think of like I used to run track in high school and it's sort of it's like the warm up lap. It's the before you actually can start working properly, you have to go out and do a little bit of work, but not really hard work, just a little bit of something to get you back into this into the flow of things. And so like today I've been working on a little, you know, it's like a minor feature in Pedometer Plus um, Plus that I think is useful and good and isn't a particularly high stress or high risk feature. Um, but it's something that I think would be useful and I can kind of go through the, 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 the process of working on something again, um, get, you know, sort of get back in the flow. And then once I finish this little, once I finish my warm up lap, I expect to then dive into you know, some of the bigger features and some of the bigger, um, tasks that I think are going to take more of my mental energy, take more of my focus and, you know, the kind of things that I don't really want to do cold after, you know, spending a week or two with very little work. One of the challenges I, I face in in getting warmed up, uh, you know, as as you put it, the warm up lap is great. Um, one of the big challenges I face is that when you've been away from a project for a while, whether that's just like you know a, a five day weekend and where you where your mind's totally somewhere else, or whether it's you know something something like a big break uh, where you're working on something else for a little while and you got to like sideline something else. One of the big challenges I have is knowing where to even start because this is the kind of problem where like you know people people like us who are indie developers who, who don't really work with other people uh where basically the the job of everything falls on us uh it's very easy to get lazy with your organizational system about things like your your to-do list your your you know tracking of what you have to do next and uh and also like documentation of things like your code and your app and what these things do what these different parts do it's very easy to fall into the trap of, well, it's all in my head as I'm working on it, and I just remember these things. So I don't need to write this down. I don't need to document this code. I don't need to to manage a to-do list because I know what I have to do. You know, And, and I, I am guilty of this worse than anybody else. Like I hardly ever write anything down. Uh, I keep only 
a a very basic to do list in task paper of like you know things I need to, I want to do for this version and like like the entire like Overcast three point to do list is something like twenty lines long. It's not it, this is not like a very granular <laughs> thing to do uh, most of the time. And you know towards the end I'll I'll have like a bug punch list basically that's a little bit more granular. But otherwise you know most of the time I'm working on something I don't have anything like that. It's just kind of all in my head. So when I'm facing this problem, my biggest challenge is just like. I know what I have to do. I have to keep things more documented. I have to keep my to-dos more organized, but I don't usually do it or or I do it to a very half-hearted degree. And it's it's more of a challenge of personal discipline than anything else of just like, you know, when you're when you're solo, it's it's so easy to to not do things the way that you have to like when you work in in a job with other people you kind of always have to be writing things down and coordinating to-dos and having a roadmap because it's kind of impossible to work with the people without having some degree of that. Uh, and there's also usually like a, a well-working place should usually be at least somewhat prepared for somebody leaving or quitting or getting fired at any time and so, and other people being able to pick up their work where they left off. And when you're when you're a solo developer like, like us, it's so easy to not have those kind of safeguards because you think you don't need them. Uh, but when whenever you have to take any kind of break or juggle multiple projects, you really do need to think about those exact same strategies. Yeah, I mean, and I actually was bit by exactly that um, um, the last day or so where in this work that I've been doing on Pedometer Plus Plus. So I haven't worked on the app for probably since October, I think, so like two or three months. And I sit down and I start using it. And I notice something weird going on in my like data system where um, a certain iOS API call wasn't returning the values that I expected it to. And so I started looking into this and I was like, man, this is really weird. Like, you know, it's a very, one of these weird edge case bugs where if I give a certain value to the HealthKit API, I get no data back. But if I do a lots, you know, sort of other things, it works fine, which is a really weird bug. And I'm like, man, this is strange. And I spent about a half a day um, working on this bug, seeing if I can, you know, find a workaround, if I can avoid it. In the end, I found like I, I found no solution, um, and I was like, "All right, well, I should probably use for file file a radar about this, just to make sure that Apple knows uh, that this is a bug." And I go open up bugreport.apple.com, um, you know, go 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 into my little account, and one of the the top radars in there was me reporting this exact bug in <laughs> August of last year, um, which I think I was reporting it against like beta two or beta three in iOS ten. Clearly. That's I awesome. had completely forgotten um, <laughs> that this that, that I had done this exact process before, um, which is a great example though of this. Like I just wasted half a day trying to track this thing down. That a few months ago I did exactly the same thing, and I suppose it's it is such a tricky thing though to want to document in great detail all of the various these kinds of things because it is so easy to rely on your own memory. And like I think in many ways I find really like one of the core skills of development is memory where like I am at my most effective programming, the more of an application I can sort of hold in my head at once where I know where all the features are. I know how they all interconnect. Um, and having that kind of like loading that it loading all that information into my brain is like where it gets really efficient and helpful where I don't I'm not like six constantly, you know, command effing all over the whole project, trying to find the various things like I just know where they are. But if you take a few months off, and you come back to a project, you can find yourself in these situations where 
like you just forgot that you've solved this problem or you've gone through the, all of the work to determine that no solution exists. Um, and like in this case, it's like what I really should have done when I got solved this the first time or ran into this problem the first time is I should have just had a little comment in my code that said, you know, this, uh, this API fails in this way, you know, radar files, here's the radar number, you know, for my own reference, just so that, you know, few, it's like when I could, this morning when I ran into this, I could thank past, you know, past Dave for going back there, reporting this, short-circuiting this whole thing and knowing that like, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a bug, it's filed, Apple hasn't fixed it yet, but, you know, I, I can move on and don't need to worry about it, or at least I, I already did worry about it. Um, but that, that discipline about that is, I think, really hard because, yeah, it doesn't feel like, I think it's really difficult to judge how far into the future you're going to need to know where you are. And on the flip side, obviously, you could take the other extreme and get really carried away and be documenting everything and all of your, everything is like super detailed and you end up in like a proper, like a formal, like software model where you have like the requirements and then you have the development and you have the testing documents and like you can go way overblown as well. But um, there is definitely something that experiences like I had today definitely reinforces for me where like I need to be a little bit more. And honestly, it's probably the kind of thing where just being like 10% more descriptive in my git commits, in my comments, um, would have a disproportionate impact in my ability to come back to work and to feel uh, that I understand what's going on. It's almost like a like a hierarchy of caches. You know, it's like in programmer terminology, it's like, you know, we all know that, you know, as you said, like when, when you have a whole bunch of the program in your head, you are way more effective. That's what we refer to when we're talking about being in the zone as programmers. Like it's basically having a whole bunch of the program in your head, which is like the highest level cache, like the L1 cache or the registers. And then as, as things like, you know, get evicted from either time or, or crowdedness, uh, they, you have to start, you know, relying on other, on other things to, to keep this stuff in your head or to, or to refer to other resources to get it back in your head. And, you know, a, a quick little doc, uh, comment in the code or, or good documentation of like the architecture of the code is way more effective at like when you when you have a cache miss in your brain and you have to go fetch it from this external resource that's way faster than like having to repeat eight hours of coding only to make the same mistakes over and over again only to discover the same eventual truth at the end that you could have discovered with with, you know a a quick little comment on in the code and it's in many ways it reminds me of some advice i remember hearing once about uh when you're like writing little to-dos for yourself um, like if you're capturing those kinds of thoughts of the importance of capturing complete thoughts, not things that just would just make sense at the time, you know, so like if I record a little to do that says, you know, it's like table view height adjustment, like at the at that moment, I may know exactly <laughs> what that means. Um, and it sounds completely silly to be have a, you know, like fully expanded out, like table view height adjustment in stat screen of pedometer plus plus like that if I don't include all those other nouns, I'm going to come back to that later and be like, what does this mean? Like it becomes just complete gibberish and garbage, even though at the time it feels like completely unnecessary because I know I understand entirely the context. Um, and so in the thing in the same way, it's like when you're writing to do's, it's important. And then, you know, in some, in similarly with, you know, in your, in your code or your internal documentation. And I mean, obviously we have the benefit though, I will say of, we just have to write things that make sense to us. Um, that we know ourselves better. It's not like we're trying to write something that 
anybody with any level of sophistication or understanding would be of the project or of programming in general would be able to pick up. Like we know ourselves, we know what, you know, like what shorthands and what um, terms and things we can just use. Um, but I think it's very important to have that kind of perspective of like, how can I be kind to my future self um, in my current self uh, rather than just assuming that my future self will like kind of work it out. Oh yeah. Because like, especially like, you know, as, as the, the amount of time extends, you know, if, if you're writing something for your future self of four days from now, that's very different from your future self of four months from now or four years from now. And, as like I think it very quickly gets to a point that the, this is this is not like a slow progression. I think even after a few weeks or a few months of not working on something, you approach it almost as if a stranger would approach it. Like your your future self is way less familiar with what you're working on right now than your present self might realize. And if you can, if you can kind of get that into your head and and internalize that and start remembering that as you're doing this kind of documentation or prep work or or anything like that uh I, you can really save your future self a lot of hassle because your future self is going to look at your current code and projects almost as if a stranger were looking at them anyway our sponsor this week is somebody who never takes a break because they're a hosting company and you want your hosting company to never take breaks it's linode linode gives you fast powerful hosting for your projects that you can set up in just seconds they have easy to understand tools to let you choose your resource levels and linux distros giving you the power and flexibility you need and linode plans start at just ten dollars a month for a two gigabyte ram linux server in the linode cloud Linode, I mean, th- this is the best stuff I've ever used in the web hosting world. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I- I've used a lot <laughs> between all the different things I've worked on. I've used a lot of web hosting. I've used literally hundreds of servers in web hosting, and Linode is by far, by far, my favorite. And now, I think almost everything I have is there now. And the only things that aren't there are things I I just haven't gotten around to moving there yet because you know moving things is a pain. But if you're looking for a new web host or if you're willing to go through the hassle of moving to a new web host, I'm telling you, you're not going to be sorry with Linode. Uh, it is amazing. Their control panel is great. Their performance per dollar is, I think, unmatched in the industry. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, anyway, it's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They offer the fastest hardware network with fantastic customer support behind it all if you need it. Even on the holidays, even on Christmas Day, New Year's Day, they are working. They are there. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for serverability. Once your server is up, they intend to keep it that way. And Linode, you know, this is great for things like running your own private Git servers, hosting a large database, running mail servers, hosting an entire web app like, like what David and I do, and so much more. So as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash radar, you will not only be supporting us, but you also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash radar to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code radar2017. That's radar2017 at checkout thank you so much to linode for supporting this show so i think it's also probably fair to now that we've kind of come back into our work to discuss and work through a little bit of what makes sense to plan out for the first part of the year um because we've, we've talked about it before where like ios development has a schedule and a cadence kind of dict- dictated to it somewhat externally where you know starting around june 1st or so um you know we get into the new stuff cycle where from june till about september we'll have new ios betas new devices new whatever's that are going to be announced um the fall is the kind of fallout from that period 
where we start to, um, you know, all, all these things actually go out into the wild and they get, we get to see how they get used in practice. And then we kind of get into this next phase, which I think is in some ways my most enjoyable part of the cycle where, you know, from roughly now, you know, we've gotten through um, Christmas and New Year's. Um, so from now until June, we have about six months to just work on whatever we want in a lot of ways. And I, I tend to like this time of year uh, for polishing, um, doing a lot of like point one, point two releases, working on a lot of things that... Um, you know, didn't make sense to try and squeeze in with a major, a major iOS update, uh, things like that, where I can sit down and I can spend a, you know, a significant amount of time without quite the same time pressure um, as I would if I was doing it over the summer or in the fall. Uh, you know, where now I can kind of, if it takes, if it ends up taking an extra couple of weeks, it's fine. There's no, there's no external constraints or things that I'm trying to fight around. Uh, and so I tend to look at it and that's kind of like what my planning right now for all of my apps, you know, it's like essentially I'm just going to be sitting there making out these kind of big point releases, um, for all my apps, you know, I have taken these kind of nice features that I think are value adds. Um, and honestly, even a lot of what ends up happening with me is I, as I have so many apps, but they're all kind of related, you know, all my plus plus apps are, uh, health and fitness oriented. And so what I've started, what I've started to do too, is I'll end up doing something in one of them that I feel like will make sense to kind of incorporate back into the other ones. And so I expect to be doing a lot of that, this, uh, sort of, I guess what we're going to call this period, like in the new year slash to through the spring, uh, where I can go through and kind of just get everything in a nice, solid, robust, kind of like making th- these features a little bit deeper. Like maybe that's a, right, a good way to think of it too. Like in the summer and f- in the summer and fall, I tend to think of it as kind of widening the apps, making them incorporate these new features, incorporating these new platforms, whatever makes sense. And then, the, you know, sort of the first half of the year is more about taking those things and kind of digging them deeper and adding all those, you know, the little touches that, um, make the app richer that you didn't quite, I wasn't quite have, didn't quite have time to do in the first place. Yeah. Because, you know, the fall is, you know, we spend so much of the fall just and the summer, even just like adapting new things or adopting new things and keeping up with with all of Apple's new stuff. And, you know, from, from January through June, Apple's pretty quiet usually. And so, yeah, we, it's, it's a great time. Um, you know, as you said, like to work on, you know, quality to, to broaden your feature base. I would say it's a great time to address things like user requests, like feature feature requests from people that are very common, like, because you, you don't have anything else for the most part competing with this time. Most of the rest of the year, you have like external pressure of things you need to be keeping up with or doing or planning for right now. This part of the year is basically like work on the core, make the app better, make your stuff better. Try, you know, if you want to start experimenting with with brand new features or start planning what your next big release might be, this is a good time for that. Of course, I'm following none of this advice myself. I'm actually, <laughs> of course, preparing to launch my 3.0 now. Uh, but that's not because it was planned this way; it's because it took too long. <laughs> I wanted to launch it in the fall, and I just didn't. Uh, but, uh, but you know, this is, and honestly, this is not a bad time to release a, a big point, you know, a big point update uh, because there's not a lot else going on, and, and there there is some concern there that you know you, you need to be aware of things like the PR. Uh, seasons and calendar and advertising and everything everything like that. Um, one of the good things is that, well, a good thing if you're 
uh, if you're looking to buy ads or, you know, things like app store search ads, you know, or ads on people's podcasts or, or ads on websites or whatever else, Facebook ads, usually ad inventory is, is pretty low in January and February. And this is a, a terrible thing if you make your money via ads, as you taught me, and you were right, uh, that basically your ad revenue tends to drop pretty sharply uh, in, you know, in the first few days of January compared to the year before and, you know, compared to the, the week before, even like in December. <laughs> and uh, and sometimes it takes uh, like big corporate ad budgets a little while to get organized and start buying things for the new year. And so if you are an indie Making money via ads, you know, I think it's important not to freak out too much about that because it's temporary. And if you are buying ads, this is kind of an awesome time to buy ads if you're an indie because you don't have to work on the annual corporate budget and get approval from a bunch of different departments. You can just buy the ads right now. And so you actually might be able to get uh, a pretty pretty good deal on ad, on ad inventory where things are a little bit cheaper than they normally would be. Uh, so this, that, that's also worth considering. But uh, for the most part, I, I think you mainly have to have to um, be aware of like you know not releasing things too close to a holiday or a slow time or a slow weekend. But I think we're mostly past that now. You know, as we talk about this, it's, it's uh, January fourth, probably coming out on the fifth. So you know, we're past New Year's Day and the, and like the day or two after. I think pretty much any time now from now forward is okay to release things without too much trouble. Yeah. And it's just a good, like in some ways I, it's a good, it's just a good time to get back to work. Like in, in, in a good way. Like I always find that the, the fall just feels just so disjointed for me. Like I, it's really hard to really get stuck into things because there's just so many things going on yeah. externally, both professionally as well as personally that, I kind of like the the thought of like nothing's really going to happen for the next couple of months, and so getting into a normal rhythm, getting into a ba- in you know, kind of starting some new habits. Not necessarily like in the like have New Year's resolutions perspective, but just by by benefit of there not being things that are going to be messing with your schedule. You know, it's kind of a nice time to be able to um, to look at that and to hopefully you know, like I really enjoy this process of sitting down and being like, what do I want to work on? You know, what, what is actually going to be an interesting thing, um, to build when, what's, you know, what about what I enjoy in that? Um, and so it's a good time to be thoughtful about that and to kind of think that, you know, what is something that's maybe like the level of difficulty might be a little higher, um, you know, cause it's a good time too maybe to try and fail. Um, if you know, it's true, if you try something that's a bit risky that might not work out, um, like it's a better time to do that now than, uh, you know, maybe later in the year or, uh, when things are a bit more high pressure, you know, like the, I've, I think it was like two or three Christmases ago, back when the Christmas, uh, bump was just dramatic. Like I remember the early days at the app store, I would, you know, the Christmas day and the day after Christmas were something like 8% or 10% of my yearly revenue. Like it was huge and dramatic. Oh yeah. Um, thankfully that's kind of settled down a bit. Like I, I was as cool as it was to make that much money. Like it was a bit terrifying because I remember a couple of years ago I had a bug in my main app that I released like, I think it was about five, six days before Christmas. I, I released it and it turned out the bug, like the app worked completely fine except for all of the in-app purchase didn't, all in-app purchases didn't work. <laughs> It worked fine, so I couldn't make any money. Exactly. Um, so that was a bit terrifying. And I, you know, did the bug. It was one of these like trivial things that there's a bit of debug logic that uh, I had to flip over and then, you know, resubmitted to Apple, did the expedited request. And 
in the end, it was fine. Like the app was, you know, working in a functional way on Christmas Day, which was super important. But I love that we're sort of sort of past some of these things where you have that high stakes, that high stress, that if that app had been broken on Christmas Day, it would have had a dramatic impact. And so I love this kind of time of the year where if something gets if something gets busted, if something gets broken, like the stakes are much lower. Like it's still impactful. It's not like I, I want to just be cavalier about things, but it's nice to kind of have that pressure taken off a little bit and to be able to kind of really dive into some bigger projects in that way oh yeah i mean and and what you said earlier i mean like about how like this is such a great work time because like there's no interruptions like i I love this time of year i mean i I hate winter in general because i can't go outside because the outside world is just just hates me but uh i'm a huge fan of the amount of work i can get done during this time uh because yeah, there's no holidays. There's no well. There's very few holidays. There, there's no like family needs really. It's just a solid like couple of months really where there's nothing else to do but work, and uh, I kind of like it. So anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, good luck getting back to work yourselves, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.